Welcome back to the Live Bay Podcast. I'm your host, Kerwin, aka Book Bay. This is mostly a bookish podcast, but sometimes we talk about books and other things. Um, I am Live Bay Readings on all socials. Um, if you're looking for more information on how to read books for free or how to resist Amazon while you're on your reading journey, please check the information in my show notes. I have referral codes and information on different apps such as Libby. Um, and Libby we know is the library app. Libby and Hoopla are library apps. So if you have a library card, you're able to access a lot of the library resources from like your phone, your tablet and things like that. So I have been taking out a lot of um, audiobooks via the library recently. Um, and they and the libraries have newer releases and things like that too. So you might want to look into Libby or Hoopla. Uh, Libro.fm is also really great because that is an audiobook uh, platform. So that could replace your Audible subscription. Uh, they're the same price, $14.99 a month. But with Libro.fm, you're supporting independent bookstores instead of putting your money towards Amazon which I think is pretty cool. And then the Storygraph can replace your Goodreads account um, because Storygraph is a place where you can kind of keep track of all the books that you've read. They also come with like really great stats on, you know, how much fiction versus nonfiction are you reading? What genres do you read the most? Um, do you read a lot of books that are under the 300 page mark or over the 500 page mark? And it just gives you all these really cool stats. Um, and they actually have an option for you to transfer all of your Goodreads information over to the Storygraph. I have never done it before, only because I've never had a Goodreads account. But I have read some of the reviews, and people have said that it's a pretty seamless process. So I'm going to trust the people that have done it, um, obviously. And then there's also Bookshop.org, which is a great way to get ebooks, physical books, uh, physical books, large print, hello, um, and audiobooks, um, all formats of books. But this is also a platform that helps uh, smaller independent bookstores as well. So you got options. All of that information is in my show notes if you are interested in any of those things. But let's move on. This podcast does get E for explicit because I be cussing, child. I am grown and I be cussing. So yes, speaking of language, the word of the day is... Oh, no... (laughs) Implacable? Wait, implacable. Implacable. Yeah, implacable word. Okay, great. I was like, is that how you say it? Yes. I know how to read. I know how to pronounce words. Implacable. So implacable is not capable of being appeased, significantly changed, or mitigated. Um, My sentence for implacable is, it may seem that the modern woman is... Uh, that modern women are implacable, but in reality, they know their worth and aren't willing to put up with people's foolishness just to have a man or a partner. That's my sentence with implacable. Implacable is an adjective, and it is spelled I-M-P-L-A-C-A-B-L-E. Implacable. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about a queer romance that I just read recently. Yeah. Uh, it is called... Chef's Kiss by T.J. Alexander. So, Simone is a perfectionist pastry expert with a dream job at The Discerning Chef, a venerable cookbook publisher in New York City. 
All she wants to do is create the perfect loaf of sourdough and develop recipes. But when the discerning chef decides to bring their brand into the 21st century by pivoting to video, Simone is thrust into a spotlight and finds herself failing at something for the first time in her life. To make matters worse, Simone has to deal with Ray, the new test kitchen manager, whose obnoxious cheer and outgoing personality are like oil to Simone's water. When Ray accidentally becomes a viral YouTube sensation with a series of homebrewing videos, their eccentric editor-in-chief forces Simone to work alongside the chipper upstart or else risk her beloved job. But the more they work together, the more Simone realizes her heart may be softening like butter for Ray. Things get even more complicated when Ray comes out at work as non-binary to mix reactions. And Simone must choose between the career she fought so hard for and the person who just might take the cake and her heart. Oh, I, so I, um, I took this book out from the library. I took out the audio book from the library using the Libby app. I really like this book. I was feeling kind of indifferent about it because I was like, it looks like it's two white people on the cover. And I was like, hmm. But I was like, but it is a queer romance. And so sometimes I'm willing to overlook the whiteness. I was like, all right. But what I will say is I felt represented when the narrator mentioned box braids, dreadlocks, and the different names of some of the characters. Maybe they weren't main characters, but they were kind of in that main group. And just some of the ways that the supporting characters talked about their lives and their experiences, you could tell that they were not white. Basically describing the melting pot that is NYC. Um, I love when we get these books that are set in these main cities like L.A., Chicago, NYC, and you can really tell that people are like, yeah, it's not just white people that live here, so we have to describe these scenes as they really are. And I appreciate it. I thought it was done very well. I felt represented, and, you know, I, I was happy. So, yeah, there were themes of perfectionism, which really... I related to and you know being afraid of failure to the point where you don't even try new things and you quit before you even start I know all about that so yeah that I really um I really felt that when Simone was kind of doing her thing in the book I was like yeah I feel you I feel you um also we talk about asking people to use your correct pronouns now for me I know how scary that can be, especially when people know you and have known you for a long time, and so they're used to calling you one set of pronouns. No? <laughs> so yeah, um, for me, I prefer they, them pronouns myself. I'm not offended by any other pronouns, but I do really like pronouns, and I re or they, them pronouns, and I... I feel affirmed and I feel seen by people and my friends and my community when they kind of switch up those pronouns. So they're not always just calling me she, 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 her, 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 you know, like that's fine. But, you know, especially if I say like these, you know, I prefer this, but I'm not offended by this. It's okay to switch those up sometimes when you're talking to or about that person to other people. So just putting that out there. Um... And also just having queer or trans people in your life and being dedicated to educating yourself rather than expecting these queer and trans people to always have to teach you everything. Like we all, for the most part, I feel like most of us have, 
you know, free unlimited access to the internet for now. So use it. Um, and I love that this book also highlighted that even other queer people have trouble with gender identity and pronouns. They don't always get it right either. And these are the people that we're in the same community with. So it's like, it's not just the straights and the cisgenders, it's us too. So yeah, um, this book is definitely a slow burn, but not in a bad way. The story was beautiful. The writing was really great. It had very meaningful moments and it was super relatable as well. So it's just, it's just a slow burn because a lot of stuff is constantly unfolding, but at no point was I bored while reading this book. Um, and, uh, let's mind you, this is a contemporary romance, ro romance. So, you know, there is a little smut. Hello. The smut is there, but it is at literally at the end of the book. We get like a little tease midway, little tease. And I mean a tease babes, but we get the, we get the whole enchilada as they say at the end. Was it good smut? Yes. Did I also want more smut in this book specifically? Also, yes. But I was happy with what I got, but I just want, you know, any experienced <laughs> contemporary romance readers out there that are thinking like, oh, I want to read this book. You know, I'm, oh, I'm ready for the smut. This is not a book. This is not a contemporary romance that has smut scene after smut scene after smut scene. There is one full smut scene and it does the job. But if you're expecting it to be like chapter smut, another chapter, another smut, it's not going to be like that. So, but it is a very good book. I really enjoyed it. And so there's that. Um, so also, in May of 2023, we are getting a book two to this series, which I am very excited about. So this one was called Chef's Kiss. This next book is called Chef's Choice. Oh, so excited. So it says, enter Jean-Pierre, a trans man and their heir and the heir to a huge culinary empire, which he'll only inherit if he can jump through all the hoops his celebrity chef grandfather has placed in his path. First hoop, he needs a girlfriend, a role that Luna is happy to play for the right price. She's got rent to pay after all. Second hoop, they both need to learn how to cook a series of elaborate world-renowned family recipes to prove that Jean-Pierre is a worthy heir. Admittedly, Luna doesn't even know how to crack an egg, but she's not going to let that or any pesky feelings for Jean-Pierre stop her. When Luna O'Shea is unceremoniously fired from her frustrating office job, she tries to count her blessings. She's a proud trans woman who has plenty of friends, a wonderful roommate, and a good life in New York City, but blessings don't pay the bills. Um, and y'all might be asking, girl, who is Luna and Jean-Pierre? So Luna is actually Simone's, um, Simone's from Chef's Kiss. That's her roommate. And so we get to see conversations between Simone as a cisgender woman who is bisexual and Luna, who is a trans woman. So we get to see those conversations between two queer people with very different experiences of being queer. Um, so that's what makes Chef's Kiss really great. And I'm really excited to see um, Chef's Choice because now both of our MCs are going to be trans. I'm very excited about how uh, TJ Alexander is going to handle that. I'm very excited to see it. I can't wait. I know it's going to be fun. I know it's going to be a wild ride. And I'm expecting a little bit of smut. So I'm excited for that too. Um, but yeah, that's supposed to come out May of 2023. So we got some time for that one. But that gives you plenty of time to catch up on Chef's Kiss, the first book that is already out. And that one came out May 2022. So that one's kind of a newer 
It's kind of a newer um, book. Not that I'm doing this work right now. <laughs> and before we move on to the next segment, I just want to say, as always, I want to see more of more like black non-binary trans rep in the romantic comedy space or just the romance contemporary romance space i would love to see that where we are the main characters as well so that would be really cool to see so the next book i read is hola papi by john brawl john paul brammer my bad <laughs> i said john ball who was that the first time someone called john paul brammer poppy was on the gay hookup app grinder at first it was flattering JP took this as a white guy speak for Hey Handsome, but then it happened again and again and again, leaving JP wondering, who the hell is Poppy? Soon, this racialized moniker became the inspiration for his now wildly popular advice column, Hola Papi, launching his career as the Cheryl Strayed for young queer people everywhere and some straight people too. JP had his doubts at first. What advice could he really offer while he himself stumbled through his early 20s? Sometimes the best advice comes from looking within, which is what JP does in his column and book. And readers have flocked to him for honest, heartfelt wisdom and more than a few laughs. In this hilarious, tender-hearted book, JP shares his story of growing up biracial and in the closet in America's heartland while attempting to answer some of life's most challenging questions. How do I let go of the past? How do I become the person I want to be? Is there a such thing as being too gay? Should I hook up with my grade school bully now that he's out of the closet? Questions we have all asked ourselves, surely. I want to share two passages from the book that really uh, meant a lot to me. And it just brought up a lot of things for me specifically. So, I've entertained the notion that I might be bisexual. I'd be silly not to have. The conclusion I've reached is that yes, there are very specific circumstances in which I could see myself enjoying physical or romantic stimulation with a woman, but I've yet to see those circumstances materialize or have that situation actually occur. I remain open to challenges to my perception of my sexuality and to my reading on my desires. As we as a collective continue to shift the vocabulary around sexual orientation and identity, I imagine that self-understanding will change, or at the very least, my vocabulary for it will. It already has in some ways with words like queer, waxing and waning, and popularity. Um, when I read that, I felt very seen because I, you know, going through my own journey, I have... Okay. So my journey <laughs> looks a lot like me being like, oh, yeah, I'm an ally, you know, and then me being like, oh, maybe there's something more here that I should explore. And then it turned into me being like, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing as far as like getting a man to notice me and want to be in a relationship with me. And I was like, where's the disconnect? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And that wasn't working out. And then I was like, well, I guess I could try this something different, blah, blah, blah. And then I went to like very like man hating to like, I will never date another man again. And now I'm just at the point where it's like, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that I'm treated with respect and that there is trust um, and, you know, open communication and a, and a bunch of other things I could rattle off right now. You know, I'm still trying to figure things out, but I'm not uh, singling things are I'm not not singling things out. Uh 
I'm not like, what do you call that? I'm not, I don't know. What's that phrase? I'm not ruling anything out. Boom. You know what I mean? Like being queer is, is very expansive and, you know, it means different things to different people. And so it's like, I'm just going to live my life and I'm going to see, you know, in what ways I am relating to other people and we're going to move from there is basically what's going on. Um, and then the next one I wanted to read. Oh, yeah, it was this one, this passage. Being gay, queer, or whatever you like to call yourself doesn't have a uniform. There's no such thing. I found as dressing gayer or looking gayer. You don't have to dye your hair or paint your nails. It's more important to interrogate the gaze with which you behold yourself. Whose gaze is it? And what is it looking for? What might it be like to have a lens that is more your own? It's not about buying things or reducing queerness to commercial goods or even down to aesthetics. It's about the relationship between presentation and identity, recognizing that our bodies exist in conversation with the world and asserting autonomy over what we're saying in it, even against the threat of violence. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and stop right there, actually. I thought that was a great passage, um, and that was a really great chapter as well, because when I was kind of stepping more into like my non-binary uh, journey, I will say, I was like, immediately, I got to be more androgynous. Immediately, I got to shave my head so that I can signal to the other gays that I am with you, girl. I'm with you, sister, sistren, uh, people, folks with an X. Like, I need you to know I am inclusive. I am politically correct at all times. Like, no. <laughs> like, it does not matter what you look like. Looking gay is like, it. like, gay does not have a uniform. And, like, you shouldn't have to break the bank to look like your identity, like, to look like an identity. Like, it took me a little longer for me to figure that out, but I'm glad I did figure that out. And I'm glad I didn't just shave my, I, like, I don't mind shaving my head. I've shaved my head before, but I want to shave my head because I want to do it, not to signal to other people that I'm like you. Nah. What? So yeah, the book is very good. I would say that this is like part memoir, part advice column, and part essay. Um, it's it's a it's kind of a short and very digestible read, and I think this is great for everyone to read. I I believe it's about two hundred pages, or like two ten or something like that. So you know, take your time, enjoy the stories, and really, it's a great book to reflect on, and especially if something uh, resonates with you, sit in that, and maybe journal about it, and really think on why that resonated, because boy, did I have to journal some shit out after reading this. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's all I got there. That is Hola Papi by John Paul Brammer. And next up, we're gonna go ahead and transition over to music. Um, I have been really into The Red Balloon by Tank and the Bangas. I love Tank and the Bangas. Um, I'm a huge fan. This album specifically has an intro to the album that features Wayne Brady. And I thought it was, it was very surprising to hear him on the intro. And I don't know, he sounded really cool. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it, it just fit, I guess. So I was like, that's cool. Favorites on the album are Anxiety, Oak Tree, Communion in My Cup, and I, I mean, if you listen to any, if you're just like, no, I don't feel like listening to uh, the whole album right now, start with communion in my cup. 
and then see how you feel and then just go ahead and just listen to the whole album. It's very good. Um, Who's in Charge, Why Try, Stolen Fruit, Big with Big Frida, and Heavy. Heavy is a great song. Heavy is great. Um, The album is absolute perfection. Tank, uh, who is the the lead singer of Tank and the Bangas, has a very special way of storytelling that is so meaningful, emotional, whimsical, and relatable. Um, You should also check out their Tiny Desk performance or any live performance by them that you can find online. They're all good. Um, The lead singer, Tank Teriana Ball, or I should say Teriana Tank Bell, my bad, it's Bell, also wrote a book of poetry a couple years ago called Vulnerable AF and I Have No Notes. It was a great, I think I talked about it on here before. It was fantastic. Um, If you see it, definitely pick it up. You will not, you will not be mad. The poetry and the visuals were top tier. Like, yes, if you have the emotional openness, (laughs) the emotional availability to receive the messages that are in there, then you're really in for a treat. Um, But yeah, I think you have to be, (laughs) you know, ready for emotion to get through the book for sure. Uh, But it's great. It's great. Um, And then lastly, I've just been exploring a little um, metal. (laughs) I'm still waiting for Willow's metal album whenever she wants to give that to us. But, um, you know, thanks to the TikTok algorithm, I found Nini's music or Nini music. Um, She grew up in Taiwan and studied Chinese traditional folk instruments for over 20 years. Nini's music blends contemporary sounds of modern rock, metal and EDM um, and a lot of the song, I think all the songs don't have words, so it's all like instrumental and it sounds really good. Uh, it's great music for like focusing. I, I mean, in my opinion, I, I like putting it on when I'm at work and I'm listening to music, so I'm a fan. The next, the next artist is spelled O-T-Y-K-E-N. I'm going to say Otekin. They're a Siberian indigenous music group with a combination of traditional musical instruments and modern arrangement. There is throat singing and elemental vocals. Um, They actually do have singing, but it's not in English, obviously, because they are an indigenous music group, so they are singing in their language. Actually, they're singing in more than one language. So, (laughs) talent, okay? Talent. Yeah, so I think that's really great. So, I, I, I like them. If you were thinking about ever trying to get into this kind of like experimental metal, uh, like Japanese folk metal, this could be a little baby step into that. There's also a a band called Japanese folk metal, and that is what the music is, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know what they're saying because I do not speak Japanese, but it sounds cool to me. And I just wanted to say that. If you're looking for something a little bit more... Black. Um, I have, I've been listening to the Nova Twins for a few years now. The Nova Twins, uh, they are like this duo who does punk, rap, pop, rock, and beyond, and they're black. I, I believe, oh, I, I think they're twins. I think they're sisters, actually. That's why they're called the Nova Twins. I think they actually are sisters. Um, but there is also a Spotify playlist called Metal Queens, and it features like the Nova Twins and things like that, but it also features other women in the metal space. So if that's something you might be interested in, there you go. 
Also, I thought it was really funny that, so on my Spotify, I have like a liked, like I have like a playlist of my liked songs. And the way that they describe (laughs) that playlist is sensual, angry, ethereal, and alternative hip hop. And I said, what a mood, what a way to describe myself. That is awesome. So yeah, um, next, I haven't really been reading any, or that's a lie. I have been reading a lot of things. Um, But I haven't really been um, watching a ton of stuff on TV. Nothing of note. So I don't have anything for the TV uh, segment this time. But we can get right into this reading and then I'll get you on out of here. All right, give me just a minute. And I'm back. So I am going to switch it up with my decks because I realize that I always kind of use the same deck, the Poesis deck, because I love that deck. It's one of my favorites. But I'm going to also do another one of my favorites that is not an Oracle deck. This is a traditional deck with like the major uh, arcanas uh, represented. So this one is the Everyday Witch Tarot. So the first card I picked, two cards came out for us. So the first card was the Four of Pentacles. And so with the Four of Pentacles, this is a time where we're kind of being a little bit more selective about our spending, what we're spending our money on, um, how we can save. You know what I mean? We're trying to keep our financial investments safe, sound. You know, we're just trying to make sure that we're good at this time with groceries being high as they are. We're just trying to figure out what's the best way to protect our coin. You know, what's the best way to keep ourselves in a good spot financially, you know, without hoarding wealth, as they say. Um, But then the next card that we get is the Ace of Pentacles, which is a great card. I mean, the Four of Pentacles Pentacles isn't a bad card either. But the Ace of Pentacles is a card that's full of opportunity. It's a card about abundance, growth. It's a a card that tells you that you do have options, that you're going to be okay. And so if I'm relating the two cards to each other, right now might be a time where you want to save a little bit more. And then in the future, you might be able to splurge a little bit more. Or once you get your budgeting back on track, you're going to feel like, oh, you know, now that I've started budgeting, I see where my money is going. And now I can, you know, decide to do this subscription service or I see where my money's going and I don't want my money to go there. I'm actually going to do this, something that has like a lower, I don't know, interest rate or something. Maybe I want to buy a home. Maybe, you know, now my financial goals are, you know, coming. There's some clarity around there. So now, you know, you have more opportunity you have new things that are coming up for you. Um, I don't know that this is actually like a financial card, the Ace of Pentacles, but this just represents that like, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> and that right now, maybe penny pension is a little necessary, but it's not always gonna be like this. So that's what I got. Got the Four of Pentacles and the Ace of Pentacles. Um, everything's gonna be all right. Your coin's gonna be just fine. Just pay attention to your coins and see where they're going. And if you can share the wealth with your community, please do so. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. This was fun. I hope you read those books. Um, And I hope you listen to some of the music, especially Tank and the Bangas. I think they're, I mean, they have a really great discography. And if you are open to it, I, you know, 
I think you'll be very happy that you decided to listen to them. So yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. Bye.